All right, let's get started this morning. Uh, <clears throat> our main text is going to be 1 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 2. Isaac, if you'll get that for us. Uh, then if I can get uh, 1 Peter 3 and verse 7. Brian, if you'll get that. And then Luke 2, 52. Kenny, if you'll get that for us. Okay, so have you ever uh, had someone tell you after some time you've gotten to know them and uh, they've gotten to know you a little bit better? Have you ever had them tell you something like, you know, when I first met you, I thought you were mean, stuck up, full of yourself, weird, <laughs> intimidating, etc., etc. And then they, they followed that with, but I was totally wrong. Right? And it wasn't actually who you were or who you are. Well, some people will hear that and go, huh, you know, kind of let it go or forget about it. But have you ever thought why? Why did they think that? What are things that I'm doing or things that I'm saying or ways that I'm dealing with people that I'm coming across that way? The answer has to do with first impressions. Our first impressions with people are powerful. And there is a biblical principle connected to this. And Paul, the Apostle Paul, tells us that those who want to be pastors must love hospitality. And this speaks of being able to welcome new people to help them feel at ease, right? And to, to give them a good first impression of who you are. And so this is a skill to be developed now. Uh, I know I've done my series all on relational health. Um, Pastor Greg did one uh, recently, a serious man about relationships and working with people. I'm doing another one. I felt stirred to, to talk about the welcoming pastor this morning. But this is absolutely a huge part of pioneering. This is a huge part of church takeovers. This is a major part of business and, and jobs and dealing with people. You have to be able to talk to people. And so uh, this is uh, something I want to just follow up on. So let's look at the welcoming pastor out of 1 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 2. This is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach. Okay, so... This is part of a list of numbers of different qualities, and many of these have to do with how you interact with people, but one of those in that list is hospitable, right? Having that hospitality. So, the welcoming pastor. Let's lay a foundation. Let's think firstly about welcoming strangers. The difference between success and failure, and I'm talking about ministry, is sometimes it's a matter of people skills. Right? This is a skill or the ability in relating to people. 1 Timothy 3, again, is about these pastoral qualifications. Again, seven of these have to do with relationships. They have to do with 
how you interact with people, your skills with them. And so our text tells us again, one aspect, hospitable, given to hospitality, the King James Version says. Really, it's about being a person who loves new people, right? People that you don't know yet. And that's a huge part of our calling as men of God, as disciples, one day as pastors, our calling is to the outsider, right? The people we don't know yet, the people that need Jesus. And so again, this is a huge part of ministry, but in pioneering, right? Isn't that what your whole job is, right? Your whole calling is to attract people to you that you don't know and in attracting them to you, you can point them to Jesus. So we need to face some truths about the obstacles that could make this mission difficult. There's some parts about uh, uh, what I'm talking about that are obstacles, right? They're, they're, they're roadblocks. First is most of our pioneer churches have no outward reason why people would be attracted to, to come to their church. Right? Think, think about our pioneer churches. And, and we get excited about it because it's our culture. Right? The pioneer church, that's our culture. It's exciting. And our pioneer churches are among the fastest growing churches in the world. Right? Because they're constantly getting a flow of new people. They're constantly working with new people. And so here, but people aren't interested in going to, to their churches overall on the natural. Why? Because many times they're meeting in a home. Hey, I'm starting this church. I want to have you come to my house. Come on, that's a weird idea. Like, so, hey, I'm starting a business, and why don't you come to my house and we can, right? Or they're meeting in a, a hotel, hall, you know, room. Hey, we're meeting at, uh, you know, Hampton Inn on Sunday mornings. There's a there's a room there, and they're even supplying the coffee and hot chocolate. Right? That, that's not like attractive. Right? Uh, uh, or they're meeting in, in some hall somewhere, or they're meeting in a school classroom, right? Really, an amazing opportunity we have here in Prescott with the new building. You talk to people, we're with the Potter's House, you know, going out towards, you know, oh, I know exactly, I've seen your building. That's an, that's an appeal. There's a part of that, but our pioneer churches don't have that. Right? I had one of my pioneer churches, he was, he was meeting in a panera every morning. Hey, come to my Bible study at Panera. In case you didn't know what Panera was. <laughs> right? It's here. Let's go. And, and they're in a storefront building. Right? And, and there's only a few people that are there. I remember years ago when uh, Pastor Tim Miller was pioneering in San Marcos, California, the San Diego area. Right? Think about this. Again, he's doing pioneer praise. And he's the only one on the platform. He's taking the offering and then leading songs while passing the plate and walking it through the building as he's preaching to three people, and that's including his wife, so two other people aside from him. And uh, he's heard the story that one night, you know, it's, it's that setting. It's, this is what's going on. And a religious guy afterwards just said, where are all the people? Right? There's no outward reason why people would be attracted to coming. It's going to be you. You are going to be the reason 
people begin to come to church. The second uh, obstacle is that many, many people are not comfortable coming into a new environment. Right? Some people don't like the terrible feeling about not knowing what's going to happen. Right? We know what's happening. Every service, we know the liturgy of the service. We're going to do fast songs. We're going to do slow songs. We're going to open in uh, prayer. We're going to uh, have an offering. We're going to hear some reports. You know, preaching, altar call, dismiss. We know how this works. But there's people, they have all kinds of ideas when it comes to the idea of church. What that means to them. Maybe they grew up in a very religious uh, atmosphere and church to them. And they're not interested in that. Other people grew up and, and maybe they had a bad experience. And so when they connect church with that experience that you're inviting them to, it's bad. I don't want to go. I don't want to be part of that. I don't know what's going to happen. It stirs up fear. Will they point me out? Will they put attention on me? Recently heard a story from a new convert that he visited an all black gospel church. Right? I don't know if you've ever seen one of these or been to one. It's just, it's live. It's, you know, organs and pianos and music and choirs and, and it's hype. And he said when he walked into this church, right, he's, he's himself, he's not African-American, right? He walks in and it said immediately, all the music stops. <laughs> and everyone looks, I mean, you can hear them. They're, they're having a party inside. We walks in, the party stops, right? They all look at him and the pastor puts attention on him. Young man. I don't remember exactly what he said, but he's just pointing at him. Everyone's attentions on him. There's people that is not what they want. That's not what they want to have happen to them. Right? We're talking with the new convert. We're talking about the, the baptism and, and uh, you know, a big part that makes new converts nervous about the baptism is when you tell them yeah, bring something to get changed into, and uh, you know, uh, you're going to give it like a little testimony. Wait, what? Yeah, you'll like say a few words about like how God changed you. Wait, what? Like they're thinking in front of all those people, all right? And that can be something how you present it matters. So we're talking with a new convert recently. I was like, yeah, you know, uh, Nate's like, hey, I'm working with this guy. He wants to get baptized on and on. I was like, oh, nice. So you will need a full speech prepared. <laughs> He's like, wait, what? I was like, no, not a full speech. And he's like, oh, dude, you're tripping me out. I didn't know. Right? But hey, now he knows it's not a full speech. Right? And we can work as he's kind of, I don't know if I want to do this or not, but we can start there. I took the big scary part away from it. Right? So you have to understand where people are at. And so here, they don't know what's going to happen. They're not comfortable in this new environment. So who's the one that's going to help them? It's you. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know you. And I trust you. And you help me feel comfortable. Right? So this is very, very important. So Paul points out in our text that pastors, disciples, we need to be mindful of new people. And that has to do with being hospitable. That has to do with this idea of hospitality. In other words, we have to, as men of God, 
as disciples, as future pastors, have the ability to welcome the stranger and to help them feel comfortable, right? So, so there's, there's guys, they have a great prayer life. I've met some pastors. They have a great prayer life. It's, I mean, they pray 26 hours a day, right? They, they're solid, right? They have good character. They are absolutely, you know, saved deep. I mean, it's sometimes they're super saved, right? They've got a good character. They're clean living. They're hard laborers. They outreach. They, they're faithful. But they negate all that good when they're missing or when they're lacking a welcoming and hospitable quality. I've, I've met guys, man, that they've pastored in the same city for 16 years. They have a, you know, a couple handfuls of people. And they've been there for 10 of those 16 years. A church of 25 or a church of, in the teens, you know, 18 people. But a big part of it had to do with this. I meet them and my first impression isn't, I want to follow you. Right? I've seen men who want to pastor. They say they want to pastor, but they never smile. Because kingdom business is serious business. They never laugh with a new convert. Anytime we get together, it's got to be a study in the word of God. Right? They make people feel nervous. Because they talk about weird things. The Holy Spirit laid upon my heart this morning as I was in prayer and brought my attention in. Uh, and, and it's just like they're, they're saying all this weird stuff that just doesn't connect with a new convert. They can't make conversation. Right? And so, you know, I've, I've had experiences where I think to myself, man, I didn't want to be around them. But maybe I had to for some reason, right? I can only imagine poor visitors that get sucked into their vortex. Uh, there's some people I, I, I would tell my wife is like, Dude, they're a vortex. She's like, I could see you were in the, your eyes were glazed. And I was like, if he would have asked me a question at any moment, I had no clue where we were. Right? Because they're a vortex of, of, not, of just, it's just, it doesn't work. And they don't have, right? A newcomer doesn't have to be around you and they won't. Right? They don't have to be around you and they won't. And, and that, this is a huge part of pastoring. Pastor Greg has said this often, repeated this often, people will fall in love with you before they fall in love with your Jesus. They're going to be drawn to you before they're drawn to all the amazing things God has for them. Right? I, I know, man, there is some amazing things God has for them. There's a plan. There's a purpose. There's a calling. There's all this potential wrapped up in this life. But they're not going to get that unless you can win them. Many times. So we must ensure that we attract people instead of driving them away. So let's think secondly about first impressions. So powerful fact of life has to do with this law of first impressions. What people first encounter either makes them 
receptive of all that follows or they're going to reject everything that follows. Right? It's like table service at a, uh, from a waiter at a restaurant. Right? You go, your server can determine the entire meal and experience. You could be in the best restaurant with the finest culinary, right? But if you have a bad waiter, the food tastes bad. I've been to places that I really don't care for. I'm not a big fan of their food or whatever, but the waiter really changed it, right? The waiter, man, they, it was really good tonight. Why? Really, it was the waiter. The waiter was really good. And they made the food taste better. I took my daughter to dinner recently, and there was a new server, and, and they were taking a little bit longer than, than, you know, a normal, you would expect. You know, I'm, I'm starting to look at my watch. I'm like, oh, man, here we are over five minutes, eight minutes, right? And we've, nothing's happened. Finally, another server came and said, hey, have you been helped yet? No, not yet. Here, let me get your drinks. And he said, you know, I'm ready to order as well. Okay, yeah. So he puts the order in. He gets that in, and then the waiter comes, our waiter. And he says these words. He said, I want to start with an apology. I'm new, and I got tied up. Uh, my name is, and how may I serve you tonight? You know what? That changed a lot, right? I, and, I, you know, whatever. is is uh, the, the first guy told us, hey, he's new, but, you know, I'll help him out here. But when he said that, and, and when he ended with, and how may I serve you tonight? Right? He, he set the tone of the rest of the evening, right? So... And, and you know what? He did well after that. It, just, it was just one of those things, though, that his first impression started bad, right? But he had a way to help it, right? He had a way to fix it. He, in essence, humbled himself, right? That, that when someone asks you that, right? This is why people love Chick-fil-A. How may I serve you? <laughs> I'm a king. I'm a king among peasants, right? Is, is that, that's how you feel. <laughs> but this is all about that first impression. So, think about this. We want people to come. Right? This morning, I'm, I'm assuming I want people to come and get saved today. I want visitors to get radically converted. Right? We want that. We hope for it. We pray for it. We labor for it. We, we invest in our time and resources, all kinds of ways for people to come and visit our church so our first impression matters. A recent article said, you may only have one opportunity to show a client or customer what you're about. Most business now, one opportunity. See, in a short time, a person forms an opinion about you. They're coming in, they see the building. Okay, like I said, Prescott, unique. We're in a unique season. The building's gonna draw people. COVID has created a unique opportunity. There's people coming to church because other churches are closed. So think about this. We're getting a unique opportunity. We're kind of out of the way. We don't get a lot of walk-through traffic, right? We don't get a lot of drive-through traffic. We're not on a, we're on a busy road, but it's not like there's a whole lot of other things that they're going to be in the area to come here. 
It's a unique opportunity. The building will draw. Other churches are closed. Places are opening. People want to come back to church, but their church is still closed. So unique opportunity. And they're going to form an opinion about us or about you who represents us based on your opinion, uh, appearance, right? How you look, based on your body language, which we talked about in relational health, our communication, based on how you talk, based on your demeanor, based on your mannerisms, right? So all of this, you're forming a first impression. So. Let's examine some basic helps for first impressions. The first most basic way to help someone, right, feel comfortable with you is by smiling, right? If you can smile when you talk to people, that shows a sign of pleasure, right? That, that there's, something, there's something in us, right, that responds when another person smiles, right? We, call, we say smiling is contagious, right? If there's just something about it. The message of a smile is that we're happy you're here, right? If you come up to a person and even though you say the right things, welcome, how, how are you today? Some of you are like, I'm leaving now, <laughs> right? <laughs> His, you with, with nothing and you're stonewall, you're stone-faced and you're saying the right, welcome to church today, <laughs> right? Versus welcome, we're glad you're here this morning, right? A smile can make a big difference, right? Even smiling while you're talking to someone on the telephone, your whole voice, your tone changes, right? Marketers, not, not the usual telemarketer that harasses you, but marketers will call and Sometimes they'll, they'll, they'll be talking to you with a mirror so they remember to smile. I call this smiling, I call it my yes face. When people come, yes, I want to hear from you. I want to help you. Right? When I talk to difficult people on the phone, I, I remember to smile so that I can, so my tone stays where it needs to. Right? Welcoming. We have to be welcoming. Many businesses have some form of customer greeting, right? I talked about Chick-fil-A and, and often that's the culture. And I read a unique article some, some time back. It was one, some random article, but uh, it talked about that they don't actually train their servers to say, how may I serve you? It's actually just part of the culture. It's become part of the culture of Chick-fil-A. So, People need to be told that they're welcome. They need to feel that they're welcome. So this is where practice in people's skills comes in, in handy, right? A way that you can break the ice with someone immediately. Finding ways to help them feel welcoming, right? And, and I'm not saying like you've got to have your catchphrase or something like that, but I'm just saying is that you have to have a way to, to immediately make a connection and help them feel welcome that's going to involve your voice right you know that's going to involve uh, your again your body language your your openness right not only do i have a yes face that i right my daughter sees pictures of me back in the day 
And she always asks, why were you so mad? All my pictures, I'm like, you know, cholo vato, you know. And it's like, I, I can't even do it today because it's just such a different person, right? But it's, it's one of those things that you have to be able to help them to feel welcome. Open your heart to people. Yes face, smile, open heart, I'm open to you, right? Uh, eye contact. When someone is speaking to you, look at them, right? Look at, and, and, and not awkwardly or cringy, right? But, you know, in conversation, position your body towards them. Whoever you're talking to, align your shoulders towards them. That's going to help you. And not only that, when you look in their, into their eyes, that helps you listen better, right? Your eyes reveal interest. Your eyes reveal sincerity. By doing that, you're going to track with their conversation. A, lie, a lack of eye contact could be shiftiness or untrustworthiness, right? It can seem dishonest when you're actually not, you know? And some people, they don't look at people just because they get nervous. Right? So what are you guys? We are a, 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 we are a non-denominational uh, congregation. We practice uh, Pentecostal theology and they're like trying to hear from you. <laughs> Right? So you gotta, you've got to look at them. Look at people when you speak to them. Your posture reveals your attitude. Right? When a person isn't confident, what do they do? Right? They, they can slouch because it's them, they're guarded. They duck their head, right? It's down. They won't look directly at people. Again, your posture, when, you, when you're talking to them, stand straight, face them, look at them, be Conscious. I'm, I'm putting this in the posture category, but be conscious of your hygiene, right? What is your breath like? I have a plethora of mouth stuff in my bag because I'm conscious that I suffer from a condition. <laughs> right? Well, you do so much talking, your mouth gets dry, you, right? You got, and so you're, you got, you've got to be conscious of that, right? Uh, uh, your clothes are you, are you presentable right do you have last week's lunch still on your suit right is your tie are your clothes ironed right your hair you know I joke with some of the guys I'm always like yo your face what's going on right it's a joke but in, in, part of it is guys we need to look presentable right and I'm talking about vanity or, or being vain in yourself, but I'm just saying, right? Daniel, the Bible says, was presentable. He looked good. He was someone people wanted to follow. Right? Be someone people want to follow. I spoke with a, a pastor sometime back, and he's just asking questions, you know, dealing with the hardship of, of a church not getting past a certain point and and you know it's like well you know you you can do things that can help you like keep your lenses clean right when someone meets you and they see smudges all over your glasses and they what i think is can they not see that <laughs> like you're looking through it <laughs> right right uh 
brush your teeth, right? I, I, I whiten every three months, right? Just things because I'm thinking about what, what people, how, how are you viewing? How are you seeing me? Am I presentable? That's important. That's key. Right? There's some people when they, when I, when you first meet them, have you ever met people when you first meet them? You're like, I want to be around that person. Why? I've never wanted to follow someone that didn't look like they had things together. I wanted to follow people that, and again, this is presentation posture. Then conversation. Know your audience. You have to adapt your conversation according to your audience. Right? Then think about what you talked about. So, a couple things here. Number one, again, I, and I've shared this before, in Rochester, it's such a diverse mix of people. I had people in my church, I shared the story, right? Uh, yeah, it just wasn't that good, right? There's that category of people. That wasn't the whole church, though. See, that's the problem with that, is they set the tone, but there was some warm cultures in there that desperately wanted to clap. That desperately wanted to be involved, but were afraid of what someone would say about them or think about them, right? There's all this tension. So you have to have the ability to talk to all kinds of different people. I can talk to someone, right? Uh, an elderly person, an older person with respect and dignity, right? And I can draw from a well of of well-articulated sentences and convey these ideas and thoughts that apply to them, that connect with them in a language that they speak. But I can also adapt to maybe a new young convert, right? And adapt in my language and, and, and how I interact with them. They're not going to respond, right, in that type of an approach Right? If, if I talk to them like how I just talked to the old couple I just shook hands with, th there's going to be a disconnect. There's going to be just, it's not going to be the same. So adapt your conversation according to your audience. That's a skill. Then think about what you uh, uh, talked about, right, is, is remember, people like to talk about themselves. So learn conversation starters with people. Listen for verbal clues. Where should the conversation go? You know, what are they interested in now? What did they just ask about? Look for social cues. How much do they want to talk? There are some people, they want to talk. Okay, they're a talker. So I'm just going to, as they're sharing stories, I'm just going to bounce back just a quick something to get them going again on something else on something else because they like to talk other people they're gonna give you yes or no answers right one one word answers how's your day going good how's your cat <laughs> good right okay they don't want to talk but they want to engage with you so you do the talking Right? Yeah, okay, wow, my day was crazy. I was working on and Have you ever worked on one of those? No, I never have. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's, I had the YouTube. And but they want to still engage with you, right? You have to listen. Some people are talkers, some people are listeners, but they want to engage with you. People like to feel important. 
right? Take time with them, answer their questions, meet their needs, whatever that might look like. People like to feel at ease then, have a sense of humor and use it, right? Humor is a great icebreaker with people, but again, know your audience. Some jokes won't, won't work as well as they might with other, other people, and that could be age, that could be people group, ethnicity, right? All kinds of factors. So conversation, know your audience, learn them and remember them. Very helpful to, to remember people's names, right? I, I, when we did the baby dedication, and this was something that stood out to people, I didn't realize, I'm half, honestly, I forgot I was on the mic, right? I'm just praying for people, but I'm praying for families, and at the end, so many people were like, you learn so many families so fast, and their kids, and I'm like, dude, I hope I did not cross any wires and you know, but there's going to be mistakes, but, but, but that stood out to people. That meant something to them. You remembered our family. You remembered our family's name. You remembered these things. That's important to people. Then you have to, uh, 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 let's close, let's think about obtaining the skill. So for those who, who don't currently possess this ability, you can get it. Right? Like I said, this is a skill. A skill is something you can develop, you can learn, you can get better at. But this begins with knowledge. There's some things you need to know, and there's then some things you need to find out. First Peter 3, 7. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to his wife as the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Okay, dwell with them with, uh, according to knowledge. And of course, this is in the context of marriage. Husbands, dwell with your wives according to knowledge. Knowledge means to know. Knowledge, that word knowledge, is a science. Okay, so your wife is a science. That's the first thing it tells us. You've got to learn her. You've got to study her. But you know what? That translates into all relationships. People. Know people. Study people. Watch people that have good skills and see what they do. Listen to what they say. Listen to how they say things. Search for information. Read books. Look up articles. Watch videos. Right? Do your research. This also requires practice. Right? Find who is new. Introduce yourself and try to spark conversation. Right? Last week we had visitors in all of our services. Do you know what their names were? How did they decide to come to church? Did you get any contact information? And if so, have you tried to contact them over the last week? If the answer in, all, in, in any of that or all of that is no, right, or, or I don't know, then this is what your church will look like later. I don't know. I don't know why they're not coming. Well, because you're not giving them that impression that you want them to be there. You're not trying to get to know them, right? Then there's grace, right? God is going to help you. If you want to learn, God will help you. If you want to improve, God will help you, right? Why? Because God wants people saved, right? God loves people more than you do. He died for them. Right? 
So, so he's going to help you if you want to learn, but you have to apply yourself. Let's close Luke 2.52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. Okay, so Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor, favor with people. God will help us grow in favor with people. Okay, very good. Let's open it up for some questions. Something you want to ask? Something you want to ask? Yeah, Beth. Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, you know, with grace, obviously. You know, uh, it was a it was a conversation where they said, "You have an open door into my life," and it's like, "No, I don't." Uh, but that's okay, you know. And and you do that with grace. So yeah, I said I said it this way, Zach. You need to be the person that people want to follow. Right? Be the be the man, the leader. That people will look to and say, I'm, I, don't, I don't know where he's going, but I'm going with him. Because he looks like he's going somewhere. Right? And, and a lot of that, a, a, a big part of that, maybe not a lot of it, but a big part of it has to do with how you carry yourself. Right? If, if you are insecure, if you are constantly, right? You hear people preach messages where it's like, they say something and then they contradict it with something else because they're afraid of offending people. They don't want to be too extreme, but they don't want to be too you know, uh, gracious either, you know, and, and it's like a tug-of-war sermon. It's like, okay, I, I don't know what he believes, right? Whereas direct preaching, you know what you believe. You communicate that, and people go, I like that. They're settled. I want to follow them, right? Uh, uh, and then, yeah, the, the, the presentation side, right? How you look, you know, how you carry yourself in that way. It's a, it's a big part of, of people following. Some of our most successful guys are, are guys you want to follow, right? Look at our leaders, you know, our, our conference leaders. They, there's a degree to them that they stand out among the rest. So all of that, does that apply in witnessing too? Absolutely, yeah. Like I said, all of this, I'm, I'm talking about, this is going to help your future pioneer, but this is going to help us now, right, with fruitfulness. Uh, absolutely, on, on outreach. I would tell my people in Santa Fe and in Rochester, when we go on outreach and we go out of town, you, re you realize you're representing Rochester, right? So when we show up, we're either going to be someone's example or excuse, right? You show up in sweats and a hoodie, you're, you've just become someone's excuse, right? And, and, uh, or you show up in your pajamas, let's say that, because sweats and hoodies are somewhat on trend. Right, but but make it look right. Make it look right. Right, you're wearing faded ones that you've owned for the last four years, and you're growing out of them in numbers of ways. Right, but is is you you have to be able to look presentable. Right, uh, think about that. Right, and again, all of this is more just about awareness, not you. Is um, why are some of my witnesses working and others not? Right. And you begin to find, I'm falling into specific people groups, or I can only seem to reach this type of person. That's not going to work in ministry. So yeah, this would all translate into witnessing. This will translate into business, right? On your job, getting promoted and getting recognized and all of that. You've got to stand out, right? And, and there is, a, like I said, a degree of all of this is biblical, right? 
All of these are convictions. They're not rules, right? And it's and it's not just a, a good business model. This is these have to be in us in our heart, right? Yep. So you you gave the example of the the waiter who didn't treat you the right way and then came back and you know recovered from that. So. Um, and I'm, I'm hearing you're saying this translates from pioneering and witnessing, and I'm assuming follow-up. Yeah. Um, what if the, the relationships you've had with people, uh, it's all based on, you know, come to church, when are you coming to church? And I'm a nice guy if they get to know me, but they don't come to church to get to know me. Mm-hmm. So is that, um, how do you recover from treating everyone like that? Where it's just, you know, even if they come in here and it's just like, all right, you're going to be here next service, you know, that's kind of, it seems kind of shallow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it, it is shallow, right? So it's more, it's great to have you, right? And, and something we've been doing, inviting people, for example, all of our greeters, all right? Let's talk about this. We have people greeting at the doors, very helpful. Don't just take them to the sanctuary doors. And send them off to whoever might receive them, right? Show, hey, you know what? Uh, I'm sitting in this area. Would you like to, if there's room near me or around me, you know, can I, can I seat you with me? And then, and then you're right there, right? And then at altar call, you can have the opportunity to talk to them, right? Have some discern. Hey, are you know, what do you think of the message? You know, are, are you born again? You know, etc. And and then afterward, you know, hey, um, that small talk, right? Conversation. Well, how did you find out about us? You know, I'm really glad you came today, you know? And, uh, and, and again, these conversation starters, you've got to develop them, you know? You've got to learn them. Uh, because I can say a few things right now, but that's, that's not all what I always say, right? So it's not just focusing on getting them to church again. It's absolutely not. Yeah. Building a relationship. Yes, absolutely building a relationship. That's ultimately what our aim is. You're trying to start a friendship, right? And, and, and people need that. Yeah, I was talking with someone recently and, and uh, uh, they were an older person. It was at my parents' house and uh, a lady that's become a family friend with my parents. And she, um, she said, I, I just think it's sad. So many people seem so closed off and so separated. I just, I, I've never seen anything like this in all my years. She's lived all over the world. And I said, yeah, you know, people have this idea that their digital friendships are friendships without realizing they're actually really craving human interaction. We need that. That's how God created us. They just don't realize it, right? So it's our job to to help them realize it. You know what? I really like that guy, Isaac. He was really friendly. I'm going to go back. I don't know the other 600 people that were there, but I know Isaac. So what if, so there's people like we follow up with, like texting or calling. Do you think that we could, I know you said sometimes we only have that one chance. Yeah. Is there, can we recover from just like a, like I said, like a shallow, Yeah. just come to church? For sure. We can recover because uh, number one, God is gracious, right? Peter cut the ear off the servant but Jesus put the ear back on, right? So we might do some dumb things, but that's why social skills, that's why it takes practice. And God, if we want to learn, God will help us learn, right? Because later, Peter preached and 3,000 responded. He didn't chop off 3,000 ears that day, 
right? So, yeah, good. Uh, Zach? Yeah. Yeah, many times it's really just building a building a bridge with them, and it may not be a deep bridge, you know, a, a real deep thing. Sometimes it's just you constantly are just saying what's up to them, you know, and that just means a lot to them, right? And they know this guy Zach, he's he's cool with me, like, and that's cool, right? Is that that's good for them, right? And teens, you know, every teen is different, and majority of teens. Um, their whole approach to life is just selfish, right? So they're not worried about really a whole lot of other things, you know. They're not worried about having this deep conversation with the concert director or with their pastor or whatever the case, but just showing interest, showing, um, you know, that, that they're, you're friendly towards them, that, uh, that you care about them, that speaks volumes. So it doesn't have to always be deep, and you don't always have to, you know. Right. Exactly. Yep. That's enough. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm sure you think back. You remember, like you're saying, you're remembering those things, you know. And he just showed interest. He remembered what you're interested in. Whereas a lot of people are like. How did he know that? Or, you know, I can't believe he remembered that. That just shows a lot. You, you care about them. Yeah. You're talking about first impressions. You mentioned social cues. What are some of the social cues that you look for? Yeah, so again, some people are talkers, some people are listeners. So you gotta, you gotta figure that. That's a cue, right? I need to do more of the talking, or I need to let them do more of the talking. Um, if they're pulling away, right? Some people don't get it. It's like social cues. So, that was great. I really appreciate this time. You know, it's awesome. Right? What's happening? I'm pulling out. <laughs> but, they, but then they're, they're just going to follow you. It's like, all right, let's see. And you're turning, and they're still like, you're not getting it. Right? <laughs> they, don't, they do not want to talk. So, that's, that's a cue, right? Some people really don't have that. They just... They're blind to it. They're socially blind. It's like, they loved it. They, I mean, and we were just talking all around the building. It's like, they were running away from you all around the building, right? But there's, I mean, they don't, they don't grasp that. Uh, when you're talking to people and they started really reciprocating conversation, right? It's like, you're asking, and it's going, it's verbal ping pong, right? Back and forth. And then it's just you sending serves and nothing's coming back. <laughs> That's a cue that they've checked out. They're done. They're satisfied with the conversation. And, you keep, and that's some people. They don't have that awareness. They think, okay, it's getting awkwardly silent. I've got to fill the dead space. No, you don't. Right? They're done. And so let's 
let's let them go, right? Is, is you know, whatever that is. So, uh, and there's tons. I mean, we could probably go down a, a huge list, which is why I say do, do your research. And on my uh, packet here this morning, uh, I do have some resources, some books, right, uh, uh, that, could, that are very helpful, some classics uh, that still apply today. And then again, you know, someone asked, I've mentioned videos before, and I just did a quick Google search on just some social skills stuff. TED Talks, I found eight videos just right off the bat. And I watched three of them that were very good. So there's just tons of information. You just have to be willing to put in the work, right? So, so, so many people ask, what books do you have? And, and I've recommended the books and they've been asking, what books did you read for the last six months? And they've never opened one, right? So you have to put in the work. Yeah. Yeah, Devin? Question. Um, how do you handle welcoming like a visitor, talking with them while still wel welcoming and talking with other converts that are used to perhaps yeah. you just talking with them? For sure. And like I know when we were out, that was one of the things that we struggled with was you know, we'd have a lot of converts we were working with, yep. and they were used to just having us to themselves. Yeah. But then visitors would come, and it's like you wanted to engage with them, and they're kind of like just over here like, yeah. oh, hey. Yeah. What's going on? Lost my so best friend. Yeah. yeah. So how do you? <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. So you you include them, right? And and obviously, I'm, I'm well, maybe not obviously, but I'm just going to say it this way: you include them with discernment. Okay. There's some new converts that should not get to know each other, right? They're going to be bad for each other. They have a similar background. They're, they're going to wind up pulling each other down. Or uh, you've got a, a big group of uh, you know you. You and your wife are working with a group of newcomer girls, teens, whatever, and then you now you got this great newcomer guy. Okay, you're gonna have to make some your right, time right before they they start mixing in, in in different things. So you have to use discernment. You have to use wisdom, but include them. There is that part right, uh, and overall that's gonna be okay. Hey, I'm gonna go uh, talk to this guy again. I just met him this morning. Then come with me. You know, and sometimes they'll be, oh, no, it's all good. I'm going to head out, whatever. Or they might be interested. Yeah. And then they're just with you, right? But now they're part of it. It's like, right? They've been coming for three weeks, and now they're, they're excited. Now I get to help Devin with someone else. Like, this is cool, you know? And, and that's many times how my discipleship uh, with men expanded. I would just include my converts with other new guys. Or I would include my disciples with other new guys. They heard me, they watched me, they observed me, they learned it for themselves, right? So include them, involve them. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm just noticing this morning that you do this, but um, how, how do you, and I'm going to ask this question, how do you remember people's names? Um, I'm, I notice that when you, talk to people, when you talk to us, you use our name, and, I'm, and I know you pray for us. But what's something that we can do to remember people's names? Because I know that that's important to people. Yeah, honestly, for me, I, I have to like hear it and say it three times. I have to hear it from them three times. And I usually tell people, I might ask you at least three times your name, okay. right? And just kind of letting them know that it's like, oh, oh that's two, yeah, you know. And it's <laughs> so I hear it. I have to, it's just me. The second thing is I connect it. Right? So, so if I, I connect it, I associate. So if I meet a guy named Isaac, I'm, I know Isaac Solano really well. So 
His name's Isaac, like Isaac Solano, right? I just, I try to make these, these connections uh, to where I can be in it. Because I find myself, they just told me. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is why I, I usually say, what's your I don't name? Remember. Yeah. When I ask it, and then I'll say, oh, okay, very good. I might ask you at least three times. Okay. You know? So just kind of breaking the ice with it and then right. funny. Yeah. Instead of this guy doesn't care. Yeah, this guy doesn't care about it. <laughs> Which I had a, you know, uh, uh, what you're reminding me, I had a, a lady that in Rochester, she brought a, a lady to church, and, and, and I remember her name, still her name was Lisa. She brought her to church, she came a couple times, and. Uh, just a hurting, you know, older lady, you know, from the hood, and and uh, I had met her one morning, and 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 I just asked, "Is there anything I can help you pray for?" Now I'm, I'm meeting her for the first time, and she's like, "Oh wow, um, you know, my grandkids, and you know, she's going on, and and so um, she hadn't come for like a couple weeks from that first time, but when she came again, I said, "Lisa, so good to see you," and she just said, "You remember my mom." Like it meant so much to her. People really, that means a lot to them, right? And then if you can, you know, I, I make connections with people, especially young people, uh, with like, like nicknames and stuff, right? I, I mean, if you meet, you know, Cameron Mitchell, he, he's always running around, he's like, yo, what up, G? You know, because that's just our thing, right? And so things like that is, is you make bridges with people. Right? So, are there any questions on this side? We've been focusing all on this side, so very good. Yeah, <laughs> no more questions. On this side. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, that's a good question. So, uh, how much are you asking? How much was my wife involved? My wife when it came to matters of any kind of counseling or guidance or direction you need to talk to pastor she would not she wouldn't give it right um not because she didn't know but she just wanted to keep that pastoral relationship but as far as her being a friend or having people to our house or you know showing kindness and, and being hospitable we that was both of us definitely yeah yeah we would we'd have new new converts over you know often and uh yeah it was just a, a very good very good help but anything counseling you know direction guidance yeah, you need to talk to pastor about that so yeah yeah you have a question okay <laughs> great example of a lack of social skills <laughs> 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 Very good. Okay, yeah. Is social Yeah, but but he picked up on it, right? He picked up. Yeah. So very good. All right, guys. Good questions and. Uh, Look forward to a good Sunday.